magnify the Lord with me, and let us praise his name forever. Hello, welcome to a time of worship and meditation from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Fredericton, New Brunswick. I'm Bob Jones, together with organist David Berry, the McKinnon Bagnalls, Helen and Ron, and we could not do this without Stephen McKay at the controls. And my prayer for you today is take from our lives the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. And I continue with a prayer for the morning. O living God, awaken us to your presence that we may know the power of that endless life which you give to us, your children. Come, Holy Spirit, restore our lives, enlighten our minds, and teach us how to be still and know that you are the God within us. And now, some words and music from Helen and Ron.
First reading this morning is from Romans chapter 6, verse 15 to 23, from the New King James Version. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God for his holy word. The second reading is Matthew 10, verse 40 to 42, from the New King James Version. A cup of cold water. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man 
shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. May the Lord put his blessing on these words. God, give us a clear vision of the truth, faith in your power, and confident assurance of your love. Amen. From the Gospel of Matthew, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, he will certainly not lose his reward. Even a cup of cold water, it doesn't have to be much to make an impression. The cup of cold water, a metaphor for a welcome, and it doesn't have to be much to constitute a welcome, an unforgettable welcome. Now you've heard this story before, but I repeat it now because it says a lot. I go back to May 1976, 44 years ago. My first Sunday at the chapel at Base Gage Town, St. Luke's Chapel. I felt strange, as any pastor does on a first Sunday. I remember there were three rows of pews for the choir. Since I was the preacher that day and not involved in the first part of the service, I was directed by the senior chaplain to sit in the back row of the choir seats, alone, until a young choir member came back and said, I'll sit here with you. That young lady was your own Helen McKinnon, as she was known then. Now Bagnell has been added. Just a small gesture, but so much appreciated at that lonely moment, the cup of cold water still remembered 44 years later. We've been friends ever since. That's the way it often is with a small gesture, a kind gesture. Much different, but in some ways the same, was something that happened in a hospital waiting room in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We were vacating our timeshare. I was taking our luggage to the car. When a gust of wind caught the heavy metal door of our unit, Joanne put out her hand so the door wouldn't slam, and her finger was crushed. I rushed her to the resort office, and an ambulance was dispatched to take her to the hospital. I followed in my car, and when I arrived at the hospital and entered, she had already been taken to the emergency room for treatment, and I was directed to wait in the empty visitor's room, not knowing exactly where she was or for how long or when we would be able to begin our journey home or what. It was a strange forlorn feeling. 
After a while, a family entered the waiting room. Father, mother, three children, I would guess about 10 years of age and six and a four-year-old. And as they walked past me, the youngest, the four-year-old, turned, looked directly at me and smiled, a broad smile that spoke volumes in such a reassuring way. It was the cup of cold water to a thirsty, anxious soul. Unlike my first story, I didn't know her name and never saw her again. I've been a stranger in many situations, one military base after another, one church after another. Why do I still remember a welcome that was not as cordial as the two I have already mentioned? I had just arrived at RCAF Station St. Hubert near Montreal, fresh from basic training in southwestern Ontario in Aylmer. The new blue woolen Air Force uniform always had a pristine new look for at least six months or so. Now standing at the bar, an old-timer looked up from his beer and said in a gruff, resentful voice, no doubt fueled by his beverage, get some time in. My experience as a summer student was somewhat similar. The first summer that I was sent out from Acadia University to be a summer student and so I arrived at the home that had been pointed out as the one where I would be boarded for the summer. Well, a lady with a frown came to the door and she said, well, I guess I have to take the student again this year. That's something you remember. I changed houses in a week or so and had a very delightful summer. But I always remember that welcome, which was really a sort of unwelcome. But I'll always remember the cordial welcomes, but somehow the uncordial ones stick in memory as uh, these stories that I have observed. I have also observed here in St. Andrew's Church empty pews here in this church, even in the pre-COVID-19 times, pews that cry out for occupants when the virus becomes past history. And from my own experience here, in this welcoming atmosphere, I know that newcomers will be heartily welcomed, just as I have been made to feel welcome. And so this is a word of commendation rather than admonition. What you may think is an insignificant gesture may make all the difference.
the cup of cold water, so to speak, which, as we have been promised, will be rewarded. And so now we pray for God to strengthen us, to comfort us, sustain us, and guide us, and for whom we are concerned as we recall the familiar words sung today by our friend Helen. you be of good courage until we meet again. Amen. <laughs>